Welcome to New Birth Christian Ministries. We are glad you are joining us today. Our services will begin shortly. Here at New Birth, our mission is to transform our families, our schools, our community, and our city by introducing everyone to Jesus Christ. Our prayer is that Christ will change their hearts and baptize them into His family by the Holy Spirit called New Birth. The New Birth experience will begin shortly. second week, our second week of a dream delayed and it's still a part of our Genesis series. Um, I didn't think we would be in Genesis this long, but I thank God because I've learned so much myself. Anybody learned a lot for their foundation? Amen. And so we're in the second week of our dream delayed. And last week we were introduced to a young man named Joseph. Joseph, the son of Jacob, one who was favored by his father, hated by his brothers. And though his brothers attempted to kill him, Though his father rebuked his dream and the vision that God had given him, we learned that the dream is not destroyed, just delayed. The dream is not destroyed, it's just going to have to hold off for a little longer. And so last week we learned a couple of things that were very important. We learned that in order for the dream to continue, even though it may be delayed, you got to learn to stop the cycle. That there are some things that uh, we find ourselves repeating that we've learned from trauma that's been uh, uh, dealt to us or passed down to us that we must learn to stop the cycle. We also learned that you got to be careful. This is important. Be careful who you dream with because not everybody's going to be happy about your dream. Not everybody's going to be happy about the vision that God has planted on the inside of you. Um, we also learned that the pit, the pit is only temporary. It's just for a moment. So even in a pit-like situation, even at a, a, a bottom of the pit situation, I can know that it's only temporary. It's just for the moment. It's only a pit stop for the palace. And that God's providence is working it out for me. God's providence is making sure that no matter what is happening to me, it's going to work out to be good for me. And so this week we pick back up as Joseph is now taking out of the pit, but now goes from being in the pit to being sold into slavery. He goes, in theory, from one pit to another pit. He goes from one pitfall to the next pitfall. And one who has been given dreams and vision uh, that he would be exalted by God and he would be exalted to the glory of God. He's now been thrown into a situation that from the surface looks like it won't happen. It looks nothing like the dream he's been given. But we'll learn today that looks can be deceiving. And that the dream is what? It's not destroyed. It's just delayed. So we'll be in Genesis 39. We're going to start off at the second verse, and we'll read one verse to get us started off. The text says, and the Lord was with Joseph, (laughs) and he was a prosperous man, and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. Joseph has been sold into slavery. His life has been turned upside down. He's been uprooted, torn from his family, thrown into the bottom of a pit only to arise from the pit to be sent to a strange land. But the Bible tells us that in the midst of this, the Lord was with Joseph. Even though it looks as if Joseph's brothers have accomplished their plan to destroy his dreams, the Bible testifies that that's the furthest thing from the truth. 
Because Joseph's circumstances was far better than the world around him would understand. And we know it to be true because if you continue to read chapter 39, I don't have time to read the entire thing for you, but if you keep reading 39, it keeps on reminding us over and over that the Lord was with Joseph. It says it over five times in chapter 39 that even in his circumstance, the Lord was with Joseph. It says that the Lord was blessing the hand of Joseph. Then it says that anything Joseph touched prosper. Then it said that his master seen that the Lord was with him. Then it says again the Lord was with him. It continues to remind us over and over that though the circumstances look grim, God is in the midst. Okay, you have to be okay with being a broken record. Okay, what do I mean by that? Um, you have to be okay with reminding and telling yourself that no matter what my circumstance looks like, no matter what people may dictate, I got to keep repeating to myself, the Lord is with me. I got to keep saying to myself, God got me. I got to keep reminding myself he is good. He is faithful. Listen, um, instead of the Bible focusing on the messed up situation, it focuses on who was with him in the midst of the mess. It looks as if his future is uncertain. It looks like he may be alone. But the most important detail that the Bible keeps on reminding us is that the Lord was with him. Which lets me know that, in fact, his future is not uncertain. In fact, he is not alone. Okay, it is often in your most uncertain moments of your life that you have to be able to remind yourself that God is with you. Joseph had God with him, and the reason this should encourage you is because you and I actually have something that can strengthen us as well. Okay. As a believer who has confessed Jesus as Lord and Savior, we have God working on the inside of us through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Joseph had God with him, but you and I as believers have God inside of us. Okay. And, and, and there are going to be some times in your life, there are going to be some temptation um, that you will take upon yourself a posture or a belief that you are by yourself. And if the enemy can make you believe that you are in this fight alone, you will lose all hope. You will lose all faith. You'll start talking differently. You'll start being stressed out. You'll start losing hair, losing weight. You'll start talking crazy and down to yourself. But if you can just get into your skull right now, that even in your circumstance, God is with you. And it may not feel like it. It may not look like it. But if you have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you, I don't care what happening on the outside of me God is with me which is why through scripture he keeps reminding us that I will never leave you nor forsake you um the Lord impressed in my heart this morning that you have to equip yourself and prepare yourself for Egypt okay we all want promise. We all want platform and prestige. But before that, sometimes God is going to send you to Egypt. See, Egypt represented an uncomfortable journey. Did not feel good. A place he did not want to be. A place he probably could not stand. 
Egypt represented uncertainty. Egypt represented being torn from what you thought was going to work. Something that you thought was for sure going to happen for you, but now you have no idea what the outcome will be. Egypt represents heartbreak. And the only thing that will sustain you and keep you sane and keep you from giving up is to remind yourself that you have God on the inside of you and dwelling in you through the Holy Spirit, which means that wherever you are, he is right there with you. Okay, how many of us have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit? How many of us have confessed Jesus as Lord and Savior of your life? Oh, okay, well, you, well, those who just said that, you have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. When you've confessed and believed and you've repented and made him your Lord and Savior, you have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. If you believe that he died and rose again for your sin, then you are saved and have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And, and, and part of the reason we do not recognize God with us is because you don't understand what you possess. As long as I have the Holy Spirit, then the dream and the vision that God has given me can never be destroyed. It can be delayed, but it will never be destroyed. Okay, um, Jesus one time was speaking with Philip and the other disciples, and he begins to talk to them about the promise of the Holy Spirit. Because Jesus says, I no longer would be here walking among you, so I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to live on the inside of you. And when you look at Joseph and the, the Bible keeps telling us the Lord was with him, it is a reminder of new believers in the New Testament what we have inside of us. So, so when Jesus is talking to Philip in John 14, 6, he says to him, write these scriptures down, it should come up. He says, um, and, and I'll pray to the Father that he shall give you another comforter, that that comforter will abide in you forever, not for a little bit, not only when you feel good. Not only when you come to church, not only on Sunday, but, but the comforter will abide in you forever. But, but then in 1426, he says, but the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I've said unto you. But then it goes a little further in John 7, 38. He says, he that believeth on me, as scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow what? Rivers of living water. And he says, the reason I'm going to do this for you is because the Holy Spirit has not come upon you yet because I have not yet been glorified. But now that he's been glorified, you and I can now partake in having the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. So I should move differently. I should talk differently. I should walk differently. My head should be held up high, not because of who I am, but because who's on the inside of me. The spirit on the inside of me should change how I react to some things. The spirit on the inside of me should change how I react to the things that are happening to me. I thank God for the spirit. Anybody got the spirit? Okay. He says, I'll send a comforter. Now, now the, the, the amazing thing about the comforter, the word comforter in the Greek is periklesos or periklete. It, it is the intercessor. It is the advocate. It is the direct replica of the real thing. And since I have the comforter, it means that even in uncomfortable circumstances, I remind myself that I can find some comfort in this uncomfortable circumstance. Since I have the Holy Spirit, even in situations that try to overwhelm me, I should never be overtaken, though I'm overwhelmed. Since I have the Holy 
Spirit. No matter what happens on the outside of me that may try to break me, I may bend and I may twist, but the Holy Spirit said, you shall not break. Since I have the Holy Spirit, I don't care what they say about me and how they talk about me and what comes against me. I am empowered by the Holy Spirit to press through my situation. See, the question is not what will come my way, but the question is, do you have what it takes through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit to make it through what's going to come your way? Okay, um, so what does it look like in me to have the Holy Spirit? Okay, um, the Holy Spirit does not only look like shouting and dancing. But it looks like calm and peace in the middle of the storm. Because when God is with you, you'll find peace that you can take hold of even in the middle of a war. You can shout and dance all day and leave here with no peace. But when God is with you, you experience calm and calamity. You experience calm in the war. What does it look like to have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit? What does that mean? It does not always look like shouting and dancing, but it also looks like being able to control your mouth. When the person in front of you deserves every single four-letter word and every insult, that you can think of, they deserve it, they deserve to, to, to have it, but, but you say to yourself, I have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. That Listen, I'm not just shouting and dancing and speaking, and that's not the evidence only of the Holy Spirit. The evidence is self-control. Because the Holy Spirit on the inside of you will take your mouth and seal it and will make you think about what you are about to say before you speak it. That is evidence of the Holy Spirit. Okay, um, what does it look like to have the Holy Spirit, to walk with the Holy Spirit on the inside of you, to have God walking with you? Let me show you what it looks like. Genesis 39 and 2. Genesis 39 and 2 says, and the Lord was with Joseph, and he was a prosperous man, and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. Okay, um, in this text, um, there's some duality in this text because it says that he was a prosperous man, but, but he was in the house of his master. So he's a prosperous slave, which, which doesn't make a lot of sense to me because if he's a prosperous slave, something just doesn't add up there. But it looks like since God was with him, since the spirit was on him, that even in his circumstance, he was still looking better than the circumstance around him. The Holy Spirit looks like being prosperous, even when everything around you should create desperation and failure and depression. The Bible says that after he was sold into a strange land, the Lord was with them and he was prosperous. The word prosperous in this text in the Hebrew, it is the word salak. And what it means, the primitive root, is to push forward or to push through. It means to break out of. It means to be mighty. No matter what's happening to you, you come into it with some might. In other words, whatever you meet, you meet it with the idea and the fact that you have authority. Even though this thing should overtake you, I still am pushing it forward. Okay. 
The Holy Spirit is not just me shouting and dancing, but it is me pushing forward in spite of my circumstances, which makes me prosperous despite of what's happening to me. The Holy Spirit in me and God with me is me coming mightily into my situation, not with my own power, not with my own might, but by his spirit that dwelleth on the inside of me. It says that Joseph was prosperous because the Lord was with him, which means that everything that attempted to lock him up, he was about to break out of. Okay, he did not physically run from slavery. He could not physically break out of what he was into, but he would not let the mental weight and the mental strain keep his spirit enslaved. And when you have the Holy Spirit, you don't need worldly riches to be prosperous. You don't need six and seven figures in your bank account. Because in spite of the financial implications, I'm prosperous because I'm pressing through. And if the Holy Spirit is in you and God is with you, you got to learn to push forward past some stuff. Past your attitude, past what you don't like, past who you tired of. You got to push forward past some things when the Holy Spirit's on the inside of you. Okay, um, the Holy Spirit causes you to push forward. The Holy Spirit is you waking up and getting prepared for work, even though you cannot stand the job that you are in right now. You know you got a duty and a commitment to push forward, to prosper, despite of your circumstance, because the Holy Spirit on the inside of you has made you prosperous, despite of how you feel. The Holy Spirit will make you prosperous. It means that you push forward to love on people who've done me wrong, who treated me wrong, who don't deserve kindness, don't deserve love. But the Holy Spirit says you got to push forward past your emotions. You got to push past what your, what your hurt may dictate at the moment. He says push forward because the dream is not destroyed because the Holy Spirit has made you prosperous. Somebody say to themselves, I'm prosperous. Since God was with Joseph, even as a slave, he was prosperous. Even though they stripped him of his power, he was not powerless. In fact, he was the most powerful in the house. Even though they tried to throw him into chaos, he had peace. Even though depression may have tried to pop up, he had joy because the Lord was with him. This is what the Holy Spirit looks like in your life and my life. Genesis 39 and 3 continues to show us the evidence of what it looks like to have God with you, God walking with you, the Holy Spirit on the inside of you so that your dream is not destroyed, only delayed. It says in Genesis 39 and 3, and his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. Okay. God's presence with Joseph allowed great success for his master, Potiphar. Now, one can assume that Potiphar did not worship Joseph's God. But how is it that he does not worship his God, but can recognize the work of his God? He's not a believer, does not subscribe to scripture, does not attend church, does not pray to the same God that Joseph prays to, but recognizes the favor of his God. Even people who do not know God personally should be able to learn about him based on how you're living when you got the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. Okay. 
Non-believers should be able to look at your life and be around you and say, oh, God has favored you. God has done. Listen, they should begin to testify about your God based on how you're living. They should begin to shout and dance about your God based on how you walk and how you move and how you treat people. If the Holy Spirit is on the inside of you, it should be some evidence that non-believers even see. When you're committed to the things of God, it should teach the people around you something about God. And the biggest concern that I'm worried about in my own life sometimes is, am I being proof of who God really is? What am I teaching the non-believer about the God that I say I trust in and believe in and follow in based on how I live and my lifestyle? See, when you are full of the things of God, what comes out of you should be the things of God. Because what comes out of you shows who's on the inside of you. Which is why we can go back to John 7 and 38 when he says, He that believeth on me, as scripture hath said, out of his what? His belly shall flow rivers of living water. Now, many people confuse this text, but, but if you look at the text, what it's explaining is that there should be some overflow in your life. This is not a self-centered salvation. It's a personal salvation. It's mine. Given to me freely, but it's not self-centered. See, see, we as believers are called to be rivers. And one thing about rivers, rivers carry. Rivers flow. And so as I receive the gift of God, I should use the gift that he blessed me with to bless those people around me. Okay. Um, if you want to see if you have the Holy Spirit, one way to check is to make sure that you're being a river that blesses those around you as opposed to a desert that takes from people around you. See, when I become a servant of God with the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, uh, what I produce out of my life should bring blessings to those around me. So, so as a believer, as God has given you dreams, as God has given you visions, as God has given you the business and the ministry, what happens is that as you are a living river of water, that means that the business was not just for you. But that it will bless the things around you. And one thing about the river is that wherever it is at, the land around it is better. It's a lot more fertile. The trees can grow a lot taller. And so when you think about the Holy Spirit on the inside of you, you are called to now bring the living water of salvation to those around you who are thirsty. There are some thirsty people around you, and you got to begin to ask yourself, what am I pouring out? What am I giving them? They're not around you because you're so funny or you're so cute or because they want what you got. They're around you because of the anointing that's on your life that they are being drawn to. And sometimes we're not giving them what God has called us to give to them. When I talk, I'm, I'm, I'm giving living water. In my actions, I'm giving living water. Whatever the environment that I'm placed in, people around me should witness God's hand on my life. See, it does not say exactly what Joseph did to make Potiphar come to the realization that God was with Joseph. But, but, but I can imagine that in whatever Joseph did, he was always giving God glory. 
So even as a slave, when he's doing things in the house that he really does not want to do, and they say, oh, that looks so good, Joseph is saying, to God be the glory. Even when he's sitting down trying to figure out what he should do and what he shouldn't do, and the master is saying, hey, what do you think about this idea, Joseph? And Joseph said, well, this right here may be a better plan. He said, Joseph, that's a great idea. Joseph said, to God be the glory. I believe that in everything Joseph was doing, he was always pointing everybody back to God so that God may get the glory. And that's how you and I got to be. I know you got degrees and you got accolades and you good at your job, but it's not about your degree, not about your SAT and ACT score, not about your GPA, not about how your college credits went. It's about God getting the glory out of putting you in situations that you were prosperous in because he was there with you. And so in everything, no matter what I do, whether I eat or drink, I give God glory. Okay, um, in Genesis 39, 4 through 6, it begins to tell us some of the evidence of Joseph being prosperous. Verse 4 says, and Joseph found grace in his sight, talking about his master, Potiphar, and he served him. And what Potiphar did was made him an overseer over his house and all that he had put in his hand. And it came to pass that from the time that he had made him overseer in his house and over all that he had, that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. And the blessing of the Lord was upon all that he had in the house and in the field. And he left all that he had in Joseph's hand and he knew not what he had. Accept the bread that he ate. And Joseph was a goodly person and well favored. Okay. When the Holy Spirit is with you, it impacts everything around you. It does something. Listen, Potiphar is already a very wealthy and rich man. The Bible says that he's so wealthy, he don't even know what he got. Just got stuff. Got so much stuff, don't even know what he got. But even though he had no idea what he had, he recognized that once Joseph came into the picture, things got better. Business was better. House was better. Field was better. Everything was better. Okay. Your employer doesn't recognize that you being there may be the reason the business is doing so well. You might be the reason it ain't shut down yet. You might need to walk in your supervisor's office and say, listen, uh, the rivers of living water is the reason that this place is still flowing. Uh, uh, The Holy Spirit is the only reason we're getting customers. Okay, don't go in there and say that. You might get fired. (laughs) But, But it's amazing That sometimes God will put you in a place where you don't want to be. A job you really can't stand right now. But he does it sometimes, not for you, but to show the people around you how amazing he is. This place that Joseph is in is not Joseph's choice. It was not the destination that he planned for himself. However, we notice that since he's there, he says, I'm going to show up for my father. Okay, I'm talking to somebody in here. While you're there, you better show out for your father. 
While you're in the circumstance, you better make sure God gets glory. While you're in the pit, you better make sure that God is known to everybody around you. While calamity is happening, you better lift your voice and give God glory. What we've learned so far today is that a dream delayed is not destroyed. But the only possible way that your dream cannot be destroyed is through the work of the Holy Spirit. And people should be able to witness the hand of God and how you live. You should prosper. You should push forward through your circumstance if you have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. Um, now, listen, I'm going to warn you. When you begin to walk according to the Spirit, when you begin to believe by faith and you're moved by what the Holy Spirit is telling you to move into and move out of, people will notice. You start looking a little more handsome. You start becoming a little more attractive. The spirit begins to draw some things your way. Okay, let me show you what the Bible says. Some of y'all said, I thought it was me going to the gym and, you know, my diet changing. And Genesis 39, 7. We're going to read a couple of verses because I want you to see the progression here of what happens when the Lord is with you. It says, and it came to pass after these things that his master's wife cast her eyes upon Joseph. And she said, lie with me. Verse 8 says, but he refused and said unto his master's wife, behold, my master, what if not what it is with me in this house and have committed all that he have to my hand? He said, listen. The master has given me control over everything in this house. He then says, there is none greater in this house than I, neither hath he kept back anything from me but you, because you are his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? Um, now, one would have thought that as he told her no, it would have stopped there. But verse 10 says, and it came to pass, which means some time passed, that she spoke to Joseph day by day, by day, by day. That he hearkened not unto her, look at the text, to lie by her or to be with her. And it came to pass about this time that Joseph went into the house to do what? Business. And there was none of the men in the house there within. It was a setup. And she called him by his garment saying, lie with me. And he left his garment in her hand and fled and got him out. Okay. Joseph has God with him. It brings him success. It has bought him favor. But now it's bringing him some attention. And with this attention comes a direct shot at his character. To see if he really is who he's proclaiming to be. 
See, it's not who I say I am in front of you and the congregation that reveals what has control of me. The way I know if the spirit has control of me is how I act when nobody's looking. Joseph has been living right, doing right, prospering in the public eye, and Potiphar's wife has been witnessing these things, and now she wants to partake. She's been eyeing Joseph for a while, and though Joseph is in a strange land, in a strange house where these things commonly occur, Joseph says, I'm not common. You got to hear this. Even though he's in a place where these things are okay. He says, what's on the inside of me and who is with me makes me different than the place that I'm currently in. And so I cannot do what everybody else does, even though it's okay in this society, I've been called to be set apart. See, the, the Holy Spirit gives me the power to resist the things that my environment tells me are okay. The Holy Spirit allows me to put to death the things I used to partake in and used to get tripped up in. But once I confess and believe Jesus as Lord and have repented and turned from my wicked ways, the Holy Spirit on the inside of me should give me the power to be able to say no to the thing that used to have me captured. It is the work of the Holy Spirit to put to death the old man and the old things. See, we think about the Holy Spirit as this little dove that just flies on down. But no, the Holy Spirit is here to kill some things. The Holy Spirit is here to destroy some things and then resurrect the man that's on the inside of me that God is called to bring out of me. The Holy Spirit comes to correct. The Holy Spirit does not play. The Holy Spirit came to quicken. The Holy Spirit came to seal. It is not some little flying dove that you said, oh, look at a cute dove. No, the Holy Spirit is a fire that will burn out what you don't need and bring the life where God wants to stay. Okay, um, Romans 8.13, Romans 8.13, and we'll go home. Romans 8.13, I want to show you this real quick. Because the Holy Spirit is nothing to play with. The Holy Spirit is not a joke. And so you got to understand the authority and the power that's on the inside of you so that when you walk into circumstances and situations, you don't have confidence in you, but you got confidence in the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. Okay, um, Romans 8.13, and praise and worship, you can come. Romans 8.13 says, um, NIV version, it says, for if you live according to the flesh, you will die. Ooh. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. Okay. The Holy Spirit will assist you in killing the old you. But you got to give him freedom to do it. And when I give him freedom, that means I have enough self-control to say no and let him strengthen me to walk away. Okay. You can testify that many times you said no, but you stayed. It's the biggest difference to say no and walk away. Joseph is adamant 
by not allowing himself to make a decision that will cause further interference with his dream. Joseph wasn't there for that type of dream. He wasn't there for that type of sleep. Joseph had a destiny that was bigger than the bedroom. And as God was, was with him, Joseph surrendered his decision making to say, not only will I not do it because of Potiphar, but I'm going to do it because I got a relationship with God first and foremost. See, I'm not going to not just do it because I don't want to get caught. But I should not want to do it because of who I am. And because of who I proclaim to be. It's not me just not wanting to do it because I don't want the newspaper to find out. But it's because I have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit and I don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit on the inside of me that makes me says no and walk away. Okay, um, the question I had to ask myself, and, and, and I'm not talking to you, I'm talking to me. How important is your relationship with God? Because it is in these moments that I learn if the Holy Spirit has control of me or not. If, if the Holy Spirit dwells on the inside of me, the text said that he puts to death the deeds of the body. And we know that the old self was crucified with Jesus in order that the body may not sin or be a slave to sin anymore. That's Romans 6, 6. And so, therefore, I should not use my body to commit sin, but I should be an instrument for righteousness in Romans 6.13. So, therefore, if I have the spirit, the spirit acts as a preservative to keep the dream alive. Okay, let me just make it plain. No spirit, no salt. No spirit, no flavor. No spirit, no self-control. No spirit, no patience. No spirit, no long-suffering. The Holy Spirit keeps us and keeps the dream from being destroyed and preserves it. Okay, can I, can I give you one more scripture and we'll, and we'll leave? Genesis 39.10. Let me look, look at this. Um, Genesis 39.10. It says, and it came to pass as she spoke, talking about Potiphar's wife, to Joseph every single day. She's talking to him every day. Every single day she's shooting her shot. Every single day, she's making comments. Every single day, she's liking his pictures. Every single day, she's putting the hearts in the comment section. Every single day, she's jumping in his DMs. Every single day, she's walking past him with the perfume on, smelling good. Every single day, she's making sure she comes by his desk just to see what he's doing. Every single day, she's in his face. And it says that... um. He hearkened not unto her to lie by her or to be with her. Okay, this just gave us some information that you might have missed before. As she pressed Joseph day by day, made her comments as she showed him what he was missing out on. Okay, y'all ain't catch that. As she gave him little subtle hints. As she wore the least amount of clothes possible. The text said that he did not lie by her or be with her. 
Because I feel like this text is telling us that on some days, she would say, we ain't even got to do nothing. Just, just come and lie by me. It's in the text. Can we just talk? Can we, can we talk for a minute? Because I just want to know your name. Can we talk? J just for a minute. Because I, I want to know. I want to know. <laughs> you going to tell me your name? <laughs> so, Joseph said, mm, it, 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 I can't even flirt with the idea. Okay, it's, it's simple. In order to preserve your dream, you must do everything in your power to put to death the dream killers. Okay, we're going home. Stand on your feet. Listen, I want you to stand up all over the sanctuary. You cannot even flirt with the dream killers. To preserve the dream, you must make sure you don't even put yourself in the compromising position that will cause you to be in a place that could destroy the dream that God has put on the inside of you. How many of us want to preserve the dream? See, this is not necessarily just about the physical things. But, but there is some thinking that we got to stop flirting with. There are some attitudes that we got to stop flirting with. There's a thought process that many of us battle with. The thought process that begins to tell you, you ain't going to change. And as it tells you you're not going to change, you begin to think about all the things you said you would change that you have not changed. That is flirting with Potiphar's wife. The moment you begin to think to yourself, you can't do it, you rebuke that in the name of Jesus. Because by the power of the Holy Spirit, you are more than a conqueror. There's this opinion you have of yourself that just because you messed up before, you're going to mess up again. And you begin to flirt with the idea. Tell that idea to shut up. You won't mess up again. You'll get it right this time. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, you will preserve the dream. You will make it happy. I know you said it before. I know you tried it, but this time will be different. This time, you will make it happen. You'll preserve the dream. Listen, I don't know what your dream is. I don't know what God has given you. But the enemy desires to destroy what God has put on the inside of you. Don't let Potiphar's wife get close to your dream. You kill it. You flee. So as the altar workers come, this is what I firmly believe. There is a battle waging in the spirit right now. And so I know you may have to go, you may have to leave, but what I'm asking for each and every one of us is if you never did it before,
that today you begin to pray. Just begin to talk to God for yourself. Because there is a war waging to destroy your dreams. If you're here today and you know that the enemy is trying to destroy what God has put on the inside of you. But you're believing that through the power of the Holy Spirit.